a very warm welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast with your host, Paul Lowe. Paul offers wisdom, insights and tips for living a healthy, meaningful, purposeful life. On the back of overcoming extreme adversity, Paul has a proven track record of achieving life-enhancing results. He offers empowering advice and guidance to help people develop a mindset for success so that they can live with more happiness and prosperity. Through his Mastering the Game of Life podcast and books, Paul also helps people to get their own inspirational messages and powerful stories out into the world, as well as being involved in supporting many charitable organisations in their development, fundraising and projects. Hello listeners and welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. You may recall that on the mini-series of the 10 Disciplines of Love, uh, Kelly Branley and I have been, well, we've been working through the episodes and today we're going to focus on episode number nine, The Discipline of Utilisation. Kelly, a very, very warm welcome to you. Hello, Paul. So, the discipline of utilisation, I suppose a very good question is, what does that even mean? <laughs> exactly. I think the title of this one leaves people a little bit in the dark, um, but I will let everybody into the light by sort of clarifying what we mean by this. And this discipline is all about the power of higher meaning and constant growth. Um, so finally, after all these, the eight lessons before where we touched on the topic of higher meaning, we can now go into it. Uh, and uh, we joked just before we got on here, how long can we wait or can I wait before I refer to our most favorite topic? And I think we're, we're about a minute in where I'm going to refer to the six human needs because that's what this discipline is really all about. It's about those two higher order needs of growth and contribution. Hmm. So it may be worth uh, just taking a moment um you know, for the benefit of our listeners, uh, I know in previous episodes, not just with our work, Kelly, but generally within the Mastering the Game of Life podcast, there's quite a lot of focus, quite rightly so, been given to the six human needs, but kind of no apologies really for reinforcing, you know, what they what they are. So it might be worth a quick whistle stop just as a refresher generally around those six human needs. Absolutely. So we've got sort of the four um what we call really basic needs, which is the need for um, certainty, or some describe it as security. Uh, we have the need for uh, uncertainty or variety, uh, love and connection, then significance. And then once those four needs are met, then we go to what we call the higher order needs, which is then the ability to grow. Um, when we stop growing, we die. Uh, so we need to constantly develop ourselves emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually. And then the need for contribution to go beyond our own needs and to give to others. So the belief here is that everything in the universe contributes in some way beyond itself or will be eliminated. Mm. And I think it's fair to say, um, listeners, that uh, just as a reminder, that obviously we can meet those needs, those those four needs, uh, as well as the two higher needs. They can be met in very negative ways, not necessarily just positive ways. And you may recall on more than one occasion, yet again in previous episodes, I've referred to my drinking addiction 
as a way of very negatively meeting those needs um, at a very, very high level. It didn't serve me any good at all, but nonetheless, the needs were still being met. So I suppose um, the growth element then within the relationship context, Kelly, start us off on that thread. Yeah, so when we think about, you know, how we meet our needs within a relationship, and in the last episode, we talked about um, the discipline of respecting the relationship, and we went into the concept of the couple bubble. So listeners, if you haven't heard that episode, um, it's worthwhile to check into that one and have a listen. And what often happens in relationships is we look at our own need for growth, and how we meet that need. And oftentimes we go outside of the relationship and outside of that couple bubble to meet that need. So one of the first points that I want to make in terms of this discipline is being very conscious of your own need for growth and contribution and looking for ways that you can meet those needs within the context of your relationship. And one of the key foundational elements that I believe to do that is to have a shared vision for your relationship or this sort of joint higher meaning of what as a couple you are looking to contribute to the world, what your legacy is going to be, whether that's as parents or as a husband and wife or contributing, you know, socially or through your church or whatever that may be. But having that joint vision is so critical. And I think a lot of couples fail to recognize how important that is. Mm, absolutely love that. Um, from from the last or the previous episode, Kelly, I've been thinking about this quite a lot. And I conceptualize this this where two become one in, in the respect of, say, two people, uh, and they become one because of the entwinement, if that's even the right word, um, of the relationship. But then that becomes half of a marriage to the universe for that higher contribution. So all of a sudden we've got this very fragmented, here I am standing on my own, to all of a sudden then at the other end of the scale, I am, I'm part of something that is way, 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 way beyond me, not just on a human level, because I've got my partner as well, but in a more, well, the ultimate high, highest growth and contribution level. Does that all make sense? Definitely. And we talked about this also in many episodes, this underlying core values. And I think this is where you see it so clearly how important it is to be aligned on those core values when it comes to what is your vision? You know, what is it that um, we as a couple want to achieve together? If we have completely different values, it's very difficult to get aligned on that central vision and that definition of what our you know our spiritual journey is or our higher meaning and i have a metaphor i like to use and if you'll bear with me i'll I'll try and explain this i usually draw this so i'll try to do it verbally and hopefully i can take you with me um but basically i like to think about uh, two mountain climbers so you think of um husband and a wife they're they're both heading out to go hiking so the first thing is we want to make sure that they're both hiking on the same mountain And oftentimes in relationships, you know, two people are looking at their own needs and they're on different mountains. So we want to get them on the same mountain. And then the importance of this vision or this higher meaning is if you think when you're 
hiking a mountain, you're often, you both have a rope tied to your waist. And as you climb up, you hook in, right? So if anything happens while you're hiking, the weight of both of your bodies will be held on that centralized point. And that's your vision or your, your higher meaning. And if you don't have that centralized point, what happens is if one person falls, they take the other partner with them. Mm. And so that for me is that centralized anchor of the relationship that no matter what happens, if either one of you slips and falls, you always have that anchoring point that keeps you both safe and both on the same mountain headed to the same destination. Yeah, beautiful. I think uh, I think Steve. I think it was Stephen Covey Kelly. Uh, he come up with a similar concept of the ladder against the wall and something. And I mean, I'm I'm paraphrasing here, listeners, but something along the lines of it's all right climbing the ladder to a big height, but what if it's leaning against the wrong wall? And you know what you said there kind of brought it home to me with because I'm a massive Stephen Covey. Uh, advocate mm-hmm. and um yeah you know we, we climb the same ladder and we climb it together harness together so as you say that if one slips then there's that uh, to use your word anchor um to catch yeah okay so can we meet our growth you know as i've said previously kelly i've referred on more than one occasion to my growth need being met through my alcohol addiction for for decades can we meet our growth in a relationship context um, negatively as well? Does the same principle apply? Oh, every need we can meet in both positive and negative ways. Mm. Um, you know, I think a positive example of how you can meet growth in a relationship is simply by looking to grow to better understand your partner. I mean, it's a very simple way to grow as a person. Um, negatively though, you can meet it by going outside the relationship. You know, if you're looking to find a completely separate activity for growth, that will have a negative impact on your relationship. Yeah. And so it's so important to look for ways that you can do this collectively. And again, I'm always advocating for talk and sit down and have these discussions they need to happen. You know, what's important to you in terms of growing and for some people it's the intellectuals their number one priority and they want to go to school and they want to study for somebody else it's their spiritual growth and for another person it may be their emotional or their their physical body you know their fitness level growth and look for where those growth needs intersect with each other and make sure that you've got activities in your life where you can both meet that need together absolutely yeah Okay, so what about contribution then? So, you know, we've got this this growth angle in place. What about the contribution element? Again, it's the same sort of what vehicle, as we call it, what way are you going to meet this need? Um, and again, it's uh, aligning this contribution. There is, if you dig deep enough, there's always points of intersection. But at the beginning, I often find contribution is one that couples struggle to get aligned on. You know, because what your definition of leaving a legacy is may not be exactly the same as your partner's. And so this is an iterative process of digging, you know, sort of below the surface to get really, we say, you know, the five whys, the why behind the why behind the why, 
why do you want to leave a legacy? What is it about that? You know, where do you want to contribute the greatest impact to the world? And if you dig beyond that first why, then you will start to see that there is points of alignment. Mm. It is about that, having that empathy, isn't it? And in fact, empathy is not even strong enough, but that awareness, we're back to my favorite word, awareness of what is going off around me. And there is so much more to this world than just me. But isn't it true from a from a human perspective, we just get so caught up in the self-importance, the whole ego thing of me, myself and I. And, you know, well, you know, you're my partner. You should know that. You should, you should, you should. Mm-hmm. And this whole kind of, I hasten to use the word, but I don't know. Is ignorance too strong a word? Is that being too judgmental? But this whole, hmm. I, no, I wouldn't say so. I think it definitely plays a role. And when we talk about contribution, a thought just popped in my head there is, when we look at patients who are suffering from depression, for example, one of the steps along their recovery is often to get them out of that self-centered focus, I'm a victim, everything's happening to me, and get them to contribute as a way to change their mindset. So this, this need of contribution is so intrinsic to us, but it can also be one of the greatest motivators and helpers for us to actually change our perspective and our mindset Mm. you know so instead of being stuck in in your own sort of um say you know your own pot and keep stirring it and stirring it right you get yourself out of that and you go help somebody else who actually may have more needs unmet than you do at that very moment so what happens then kelly say we're in a relationship and you know, one 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 half of the partnership wants to progress. Of, you know, wants to go on this journey of self discovery, uh, and and encourages the other one. You know, let's do this as um as a joint venture. <laughs> Makes it sound like a business proposition. <laughs> so, um, but you know what I mean. This, you know, let's go on this voyage of discovery. Let's, as I call it, skip through the meadow, uh, holding hands together. But the other one doesn't want to do it. Uh, won't do it um and i've come across this on more than one occasion what's you know where does that go then that reminds me of actually one of my favorite quotes i have probably books of favorite quotes from tony robbins but one of the things that he says is sometimes what matters most in a relationship is not what you can do for your partner but what you will do and that's exactly that are you willing to step up to the challenge of your partner who wants to go on that journey and be there with them as you both go through that. Because when we talk about people growing apart, that is one of those key moments where you have the opportunity to love unconditionally, to support, to grow and better understand your partner by joining them. And so many people turn their back on their partners at at those moments, which are so crucial, so crucial. Mm. And uh, when we look at things, you know, when you look at how you commit to a partner, um, you know, you can say when we look at the old traditional vows, you know, um, in sickness and in health, um, for richer, for poor, you say you're going to be there for those moments. But is there also a saying that I will be your partner through 
all those phases of growth and discovery that you're going to go on. And so it's what will you do for your partner? So, well, time for humor alert, listeners. Just on what Kelly's just said there, maybe to use her terminology, the traditional vows need to be challenged now. And, you know, this, this this new thing put in there where, you know, we're going to go on this voyage of discovery because... Yeah, I mean, to quote Robbins again, if we're not growing, by definition, we're dying. And and who wants to die? I mean, we're all going to die in the concept that we know it, leaving this, this you know, this mortal human body. Uh, but another conversation, another time, it's certainly not for this uh, particular episode that, uh, you know, consciousness lives on and the spirit lives mm-hmm. on. Another thought that just came up is one of the things I talk a lot about in my dating coaching is looking at how to select a partner. And I always say, you want to look for somebody who's got that growth mindset in in a partner, because it doesn't matter what they've lived through in their past. It doesn't matter what experiences or what challenges they have now. What you want is somebody who is going to work on growing and continuing to grow through their whole entire life with you. Yeah. Um, that for me is one of the most positive attributes of a potential partner versus somebody who is stuck in that I don't ever want to change you need to accept me exactly who I am right now Um, nothing I've done you know is negative I see everything as being perfect because that's just who I am and I don't think that is necessarily the most positive mindset to grow together as a couple Mm. Is there a case, Kelly, when, you know, just going back to my own example of and word of addiction, is there a case where people could, you know, it's often said within, you know, these circles that, um, and I can relate to it from a dim and distant past, people will swap one addiction for another. Is it possible, um, wrong wording, is it possible? Of course it's possible. Is it, is it often from your experience as your work as a professional that people do swap that addiction, be that, I don't know, whatever it is, gambling, um, you know, sex, um, substance misuse, whatever it is, for a relationship? Do you come across that much? I haven't experienced that. I mean, I have had one case where I have experience with a couple that um, actually it was the woman in that case that had an alcohol addiction and through the love of a wonderful man who stood by her through everything she was able to let go of her addiction and they have created an amazing relationship but I have to say in my experience it's often that I mean that's the exception it's not the rule and one of the reasons for that being is we know that Out of the six human needs, if you have something that meets three out of those six needs, you have an addiction. Mm. And in an ideal relationship, you want your partner to be able to meet all six of those needs. Now, in most relationships where people are not conscious of what they're doing, they're not committing to these disciplines, they're not loving unconditionally, all those things that we've talked about, it's often case that they don't meet all six of their partner's needs. And therefore the person with the addiction doesn't have a strong enough motivation to give up their addiction that they know that is meeting in most cases, probably all six of their human needs already. 
they don't have enough of a motivation or strong, um, I guess, clarity that letting go of that addiction and going full into the relationship will actually meet all of their needs. And in most cases, it doesn't. And so that's why I say it's probably um, not, it's the, that's more the rule, not the exception that somebody trades their addiction for a relationship unless they have a really, really strong partner who understands all these um, disciplines and how to really make sure that they're a hundred percent in for their partner. Mm. Well, obviously listeners, we've mentioned Tony Robbins quite a lot. Um, you know, Kelly and myself, um, <laughs> just if you wasn't aware, we are quite keen on these six human needs, you know, we're quite, uh, yeah, we're quite, we're quite strongly attracted to them. Um, and just continuing the Robbins theme, I and mean, Kelly, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I've, like yourself, I've watched many videos. Isn't there one, well, there's more than one, I'm sure, and I'm kind of paraphrasing and recalling from memory here, listeners, that that there's one where Tony gets people on stage, uh, may, you know, say a couple, they've got relationship challenges, whatever they may be, and, you know, as is his way, mostly manages to iron that out. And this isn't there a train of thought from him, Kelly, that says that if you meet those um, needs, um, three of them uh, or more, at a higher level, you need you two guys need to get a room. <laughs> yes, I mean, when we talk about, you know, three being an addiction, you can literally be addicted to a person because... You're getting, if you look at a scale of one to 10, if that person's meeting three of your needs on a, a level eight, nine, or 10, um, absolutely you will form an addiction to that person. And according to Tony, if you've got somebody that meets all six on a high level, you have an unbreakable bond uh, that nobody, no third can come into and break that because you have everything you need in life with that partner. Mm. Is that the is that the determining factor though, Kelly? The third, as opposed to the couple themselves, because I've experienced that on more than one occasion for that relationship to disintegrate. Well, I I think if the third is coming in, then you haven't met all six to a high level. Yeah, I think that's the definition of that. You know, because if all six are being met at that level, there there is no possibility for something to come in. Why would you give up? you know, sort of the, the nirvana, I guess, of relationships or something you don't know. As human beings, we just don't do that. We much prefer what we do know, even if that's negative and it's a negative addiction. We prefer what's familiar and known to the unknown. Yeah. And so when you've got a relationship where you've met all six needs, there, there's very few humans, I think, around the world that would risk that for something they don't know. Mm. Unless there's deservedness issues there, um, which, which is another topic altogether. I was thinking more, <laughs> um, Kelly, not so much of the the third, but the you know when that when those very high needs are being consistently met, that kind of implosion from one party or the other. Because isn't it true to say that while those needs might be met today, you know life changes. Maybe tomorrow, or the day after, the dynamic might not quite be the same. It's time sensitive, isn't it? Yeah, we do. We change every single day as humans. Mm. Today, we're not the same as we were yesterday. And that's why this ongoing 
constant communication. As I always say, if you think you know everything about your partner, start again at the beginning because you don't. Mm. And you can be together for 50 years and you still don't know because they're a different person today than they were yesterday. Yeah. And I suppose the internal partner as well called ourselves. There's so much, you know, we're back to this voyage of discovery again, aren't we? There's so much Mm -hmm. that on this voyage of discovery that we can find out about ourselves. And, you know, and I know we've had this thread on more than one occasion generally, and certainly within these 10 disciplines miniseries, Kelly, of, you know, to thine own self be true, because then, you know, taking that line from, from Michael Singer, you know, you've certainly got something very, very significant to contribute to, um, you know, to your partner. Definitely. Absolutely agree with that one. Hmm. Okay. So, um, what would be your, in terms of, uh, well, before we ask you, you know, the ultimate, we always finish off with the ultimate question, Kelly, as you know, uh, but let's park that momentarily. So share with us, if you will, your contact details, how people can reach out and get in touch with you. Absolutely. If you'd like to go to my website at kellybrandley.com forward slash mastering the game of life, you can download a copy of the full 10 disciplines of love. And my website is spelled K-E-L-L-Y-B-R-A-N-D-L-I. Superb, superb. So the question, the question, listeners, you, you must be used to this by now. We're, you know, sort of 250 episodes around that mark. Um, right, so the big, the big sort of lesson learned then, Kelly, in terms of the discipline of utilisation, this, this, you know, this particular episode, what would be your, your, your big powerful message to, to leave with listeners? My leaving thought for today is that problems are not simply problems, but they are actually a sign in your relationship that it's time for you to grow and contribute. And the best way to solve problems is to really strengthen your commitment to your partner, to look for ways the two of you can grow together and to contribute to that person who matters most to you. All that remains now, Kelly, is is I do at this point is to offer my immense gratitude for your shares, your insights, your experience. And I will say that, you know, the sharing of your vulnerability, because it's that vulnerability that gives it, um, you know, the risk of using the word that, in my humble opinion, is massively overused these days. It gives it that authenticity. So immense gratitude to you once again, Kelly. Thank you so much, Paul. And I look forward to uh, number 10 very soon. Giving generously, the discipline of giving generously, listeners. So as you wait with bated breath, all that remains now is for me to sign off by saying, remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts. Thanks very much for listening to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. If you found it interesting and helpful, drop a line to Paul via paul at paul-low.com. With any thoughts or questions you may have, he'd love to hear from you and he'd be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, check out Paul's website at www.paul-low.com. Remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts.